Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Radio Show with host Karen Rands. A compassionate capitalist is someone who invests their money into entrepreneur endeavors to bring innovation to the market and create wealth for all those involved. Karen shares insights and best practices for entrepreneurs to succeed and investors to share in that success without all the risks. And now... So welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist podcast and video for those that are watching today on YouTube. Uh, you know, one of the things that we do with this show, you know, obviously folks that have listened before know what Compassionate Capitalism is all about. But a big piece of that and the piece of the puzzle is, is equipping entrepreneurs with the tools and the knowledge they need to be highly successful in the business that they are developing. And therefore, the investors gain greater confidence if they understand and know some of this information that we share on that company actually getting through to succeed. And uh, my guest today is a really unique story that uh, brought him to be such an expert in in our main topic. You know, we're going to talk about a few things, but it's really about this the internet's not dead. Let me just kind of say it like that in, in a little bit of a thing, but it's like, it's really about, you know, using, understanding the role that the internet and the, and how people interact with the internet today play in your ability to connect with customers and convert that into sales. And there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a history, uh, hotness, coldness, all kinds of stuff that we're going to get into today. But let me first start to introduce you to my guest. Scott Chrism is, uh, first of all, a former professional skier turned entrepreneur. Now, you don't hear that very often, right? And so, and with a stop along the way with the number one podcast on sports on iTunes. And now Scott is a digital marketing expert whose strategies have helped large corporations and small businesses alike impact more customers and increase their bottom line. He is a contributor at Entrepreneur and Forbes, and as you will learn today, this podcast loves to talk about shaping the internet to change the world, all right? So wave and say hi, and then I'm going to tell a little bit more about your background here, Scott. So thank you so much for having me, Karen. I'm, ex- I'm excited because this is, the, okay, so, so, okay, so first, as a professional skier, that's yeah. a small community of people. Although it's not really unusual for two-year-olds to start skiing when it's in ski country. And in fact, I have a little video of when I was two on Little Red Skis, skiing with my dad in Tahoe. Now, awesome. last time I skied was also in Tahoe when I took out my knee, and that was the last <laughs> time I skied. So, you know, and, I've, uh, uh, and, and it was, uh, I was trying to keep up with the boys, and I should not try to keep up with the boys. But... Um, but you went on and started skiing competitively at the young age of six, right? Yep. And just came short of participating in the U.S. Olympic team, right? Yep. So talk about your journey of your entree from that environment into entrepreneurism because I see a lot of similarities. You know, first, you know, focus, determination, conquering your fear, fear of the unknown, hard work, preparation. So you had a lot of that as a professional athlete. How did that, how did that you translate? How'd you discover? How'd you, you know, say, oh, this is my path now? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there, like you said, there's so many parallels between entrepreneurialism and athletics. And, you know, one of the things that you can, one of the other parallels you can draw is most likely in, uh, in the market, you have competition. There are other people out there who are trying to get to the same end goal. And, and most of the time, the end goal in entrepreneur, entrepreneurialism, entrepreneurship is getting to the, the bulk of the market share, right? If you're Apple or whoever you are, you want to get, there's a race to the biggest market share and, and, and being the brand, the go-to brand in that market. And oftentimes in, in athletics, you're, you have a goal of being number one and you set a vision and then you set out steps to make it there. And it's a combination of variables, just like an entrepreneurial, you know, entrepreneurialism or in creating a business, you have certain systems and processes and you might have nutrition, working out, sleep, academics. You're going to have all these asset aspects of it. And the same thing is going to go with business. And then the other thing that I realized is I was in a relationship with businesses at a young age being sponsored at the age of 12. And so I became a marketing asset. And so that's where the combination of the athleticism being so parallel to entrepreneurialism and then realizing that at a young age, my responsibility was to be a forward facing piece of the brand and to be a brand asset and to do things like create relationships with customers and start pointing them in the direction of just even looking at the product. And a, a lot of the times, you know, um, I think you said like the internet is not dead. A lot of us might think the internet is dead because of used car salesman tactics or the flash in the pan, the infomercial, the thing that's trying to like, where you know, like, okay, you're telling me it's 40 bucks, but you're giving it to me for free as long as you pay for shipping <laughs> and handling. Like something here just doesn't add up. And so the mind kind of has logically been kind of strung along and tricked into being like, okay, well, part of the internet just isn't very safe. But, um, no, I feel like, you know, it's given me athletics and being a forefront of the brand has given me a really, really unique perspective into what marketing really is and how to do it right. And then also how to do it right on the internet, because yeah. you add that, that medium of the internet and all of a sudden like face to face, it's, it's a lot easier to create relationships with the internet. Kind of like you were talking about my website. You're like, I know him, but my website's <laughs> currently down due to a, a quick little thing. And and you're like, I know him, but, but should I trust him? I don't know. <laughs> it's the internet. The internet right. is the unknown factor. You trusted me, but the internet was the unknown factor. So, right. Yeah, exactly. People have that all the time because of this, that, or the other that may happen. So it's, it's good to have that other presence out there that we'll sort of dig into because, you know, I'm a, I'm a few years older than you. And, uh, you know, back when I got started marketing my business, internet was all we had. We had, we had, you you really try to master your SEO and, you know, what kind of content that the spiders are going to come through. And <laughs> you had AdWords and you had newsletters that you put out or your articles so you would get backlinks. And, and in fact, the whole reason why I started the Compassionate Capitalist podcast, formerly known as Spec Talk Radio, was for backlinks, right? Because that SEO was king. And yep. so, with 4 billion internet users and it continues to grow, the challenge I think for a lot of people in, in everyday life is 
this opportunity of just so much noise and so much competition to get the attention. And how do you get this? And I think people almost kind of gave up. It got harder and harder to navigate the search engines to be found. And so internet became the used toy, so to speak, that, oh, you know, it's, it's social media became the shiny new toy on Christmas morning for a target placement of your message in front of, in theory, a target audience. And so, but, you know, it hasn't been the scratch and win magical solution for small businesses. I mean, I guess if you got, you know, the businesses on Shopify or Etsy or eBay, and it's almost a point of sale, immediate conversion. But when it comes to establishing things for customers that might have a more of a, of a more complex sales cycle or message, it, it's not. It's, and this thing about digital marketing is, it's a confusing term for uh, small business owners and stuff like that because it's like, well, what is that? Is that social media? Is that email? Is that internet? So, you know, yeah. connect the dots for our listeners on, on why, you know, because you, you came into the world, you know, Instagram, right? That was one of your first things you did as an athlete with what you said, 17,000 followers, like the, yep. you know, something like that. So, you know, so talk about how you, under you came to rediscover the power of the internet if you knew how to use it as a tool and then where does it really fit in a digital media strategy i mean although that's probably two big topics just to start with the first one yeah totally no i think you know it's super important we all know that the internet is where you know you see everyone walking around and their phone is right in front of them and like everyone's getting bad posture and everything because <laughs> their phone is literally right in front of them the whole time and so everyone's attention is on here. And one of the things that I think we have this um, perception of is like Google is one entity, Facebook is another entity. And like when you are asking the question, depending on whether you like respect your privacy or not, you're either using Google or DuckDuckGo or, or whatever, you know, like one of the um, search engines that maybe is more respectable to your privacy. But um Facebook, if you, if you want to go connect with friends, you're likely on Facebook or Instagram. They're all actually just operated off of the infrastructure of the internet, but each holds a different, it's kind of like a different building. Like you walk into Instagram as a building or, or you open Instagram for quick instantaneous pictures from people that you know or don't, but it's not, it's not a long, you're not going there to learn about, uh, how to do SEO on the internet. You're going to do that on YouTube or you're going to do that in a long form blog. And so the whole idea behind digital marketing is leveraging why people go to certain areas to capture their attention and then slightly divert them or slightly remind them about your product. Because one of the things that's, one of the things that's happened as advertisers realized that if you spend money to put stuff in front of people's faces that you'll make money or that should be the logical um, uh, train that you follow, uh, we get bombarded by advertisements all the time. And so digital marketing is not a put, you know, put a dollar in here, get a dollar out here or get $2 out here. <laughs> any more in the same sense that it was maybe in 2015 when Facebook ads were just coming out and everything goes in cycles as the supply, the supply is there, the demand isn't, it's going to be cheap. You're going to get quick wins as the demand increases and the supply goes down. It's, it's common business, business um, principles, but must be applied to marketing. And so you, 
you have to understand where people go for what reasons and how to utilize them. So if someone comes to Instagram and your company um, can capture their attention and give them something free and you can capture their email, then you can start to create a relationship. But that's one of the biggest things that a lot of small business owners don't necessarily make the connection of is that this is about building relationships and the sale might, it's a long sales cycle just like raising money is a long sales cycle. So you might go, you know, you might capture their email and a year later they might buy your product, but they've seen it how many times through your emails and how many times through being going to your website and then you have a Facebook pixel on your website and it retargets them with an ad on Instagram or Facebook and they see it again. It's not quite the time to buy, but then they pass, you know, they go along and then they see your next email and they get reminded and eventually they buy. And so digital marketing oftentimes is about capturing a small piece of someone's attention and then reminding them why they wanted to keep that in their life in the first place. And it's not about driving the, the sale immediately. It's about creating a relationship and providing value. And that's why I say shaping the internet to change the world because a lot of people are in the, they want to put a video out. They want it to go viral. They want to take a picture next to a jet and say, look at me, like I can teach you how to make millions of dollars and sell people some program and it, they want this passive income and everything there. But I think the whole click funnels, the whole you're one funnel away is not a sustainable thing because it's like building a bunch of TPs thinking that you're gonna get a, a skyscraper out of it. And, and the TP, like the social media posts can get plowed over by any piece of the internet because it has no stability. It has no foundation, a website with blogs and a place where you can actually start to build foundation in the internet is what every big company does. You look at Apple, you look at eBay, like eBay is such a good resource for its clients and customers because they have forums and blogs and any sort of question you would ever want to find out about how to use eBay or what's on eBay is provided by eBay itself in forums wow. and blogs. And that is one of the best ways that you can shape the internet to change the world is owning your landscape of the, of what you're talking about and then providing tons of valuable information to the, the user or the reader. Because if someone in a software like eBay, there are all sorts of extraneous variables, information that people need to know to use the product. And eBay as a business makes money as sales are, are transacted on the back end. So it makes total sense as a business model to educate their users on everything it possibly might take to use the product in order to drive the sales on the back end. So this is going to be the same sort of thing that you're going to want to do with any other business is capture people's attention and understand what problem you solve and then just educate them on all the reasons why they might want to solve that problem. You know, if your back is getting sore and your discs are disintegrating a little bit and you want to get, you know, you need chiropractic care to help your discs and to get, or you need stem cell treatment. You're going to want to educate them on all the risks, all the variables, every last little thing that's going to make their mind safe in order to make that decision. Because a lot of the times, because we have been scared by the internet or because we have been burned by those flash in the pan kind of tactics, our mind is looking for all the reasons why we can't trust something. 
And so from a marketing aspect, our goal is to earn trust from everyone. And one of the ways that we earn trust is to give them little wins or little things that change their life along the way. So it could be a little, a little tick, uh, tactic of like, when you wake up in the morning, stretch your uh, hamstrings using these couple stretches and see what it does to your lower back. And that's not necessarily going to drive anyone into your practice as a chiropractor, but it is going to make them remember you when their back hurts. And yep. so those are the types of ways that, that as you create relationships with the customer, you're able to capitalize on that relationship by just earning trust and being the go-to resource. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's absolutely. And it's a good time to tell folks if, to go. And I trust me, it is a good website. I mean, we may have, by the time this, this, you're listening to this, watching this, I'm sure it's going to be perfect, but it's the media house, T H E M E D I A H O U S E dot C O. Okay. C O just like mine, Karen Rands dot C O not a com dot dot C O for the media house dot C O. So, um, and there on that site, when you first go there, you can get a, a free tool five digital marketing tools guide on your website. So that's still a viable, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier that, you know, e email is how you, you build uh, a relationship. Now and you can kind of do that a little bit because people might look, you know, join your group on Facebook and you post stuff there and things like that and, and stuff like that versus just sending, but it's the relationship and email marketing, you know, Way back in the day when I was talking about where my first experience, the, the, he, the person that owns the list is the king, right? You, 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 that, the list is the, is the magic. It's the, it's the cha-ching because you convert them. And, and like you said, I mean, I have people, I had somebody could reach out to me. She'd been in my list. I've had people for years, like you say, years. And it's just drip, 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 right? So yeah. talk about... Um, this idea because um, it is something that I know traditional businesses are really, they, they strive to be able to do that. And, and how does email marketing um, become the conversation that you can have, you know, there's things with brand and all the other stuff within the social media, but it can be like the conversation as when somebody's walking into your store and you're having that conversation with them, Talk a little bit about how people can effectively use email marketing, that it's not just a, a push funnel where you're trying to, to get them to, to convert and buy this thing or do this thing, you know, get that, that $100 thing for free and all that kind of stuff. Um, talk about relationship building using the, um, the email list. Definitely. So number one, even just what you're doing right now is relationship building, right? Because people listen to your podcast and they hear your voice and they get to know who you are and they hear your inflections in your voice and they hear what makes you happy and what makes you curious. And those types of things allow us to relate in a way that is, is past even what email can do. But one of the best things that email does is, is oftentimes as business owners and, and my age group is a little bit different, but um, you know, people that I feel are, are like 35 and older um, are 
more apt to check their email multiple times a day. And then e inbox is an important place. A lot of people like inbox zero. Like they, they like to archive and do things. I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm not that person either. <laughs> um, but it's a great place to be in someone's life. And one of the biggest mistakes that, that people make is trying to just push them through the funnel. And so um, one of the best things that you can do, and this is awesome because it is recyclable once you get on a year long cycle and you might change uh, things as the year, you know, as years progress. But oftentimes most businesses have some sort of uh, reflection or interaction with the season. So like if you're a roofing company, hail season in Colorado is in the middle of like spring and summer. And so one of the best things that you're going to want to do in early February is start talking about hail season coming and how you're going to want to get an inspection before hail season comes. So that way you can prove to your insurance which storm the hail comes from because that can be a messy, uh, a messy thing for a homeowner is to, you know, have two hailstorms come through and then not know which hailstorm it was from and have the insurance try and blame it on a, a separate incident and not pay out fully, right? So one of the best ways that you can talk to your ideal customer and educate them on something that is real. You're not trying to create scarcity by saying, oh, there's only five left when you can print as many as you can or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're literally saying like, you have a limited amount of time until hail season hits. And one of the best ways to make sure in case you get hailed on is to have an inspection beforehand. So that way we know that the hail came from this season and not last season. So that way the, the insurance company doesn't try and push it off. So if you want a free inspection, have us come out today. If you get hailed on in the next six months, we'll come out and give you another free inspection and we'll help you process your insurance. Oh, so yeah. what, you're, what you're doing there is you're planting a bunch of seeds and the people that you come out and do the inspection for are going to be the people who call you when the hailstorm hits. So what you're, pl you're planting seeds in fertile soil and you're waiting until that sprout pops out to say, hey, I'm ready to be harvested, right? Mm -hmm. And so having some sort of a year-long content plan and, and doing things like, even if you're a, a roofer towards the end and you're in Colorado, you, might, you guys might not have to do this kind of stuff, but in Colorado, you have to get your sprinklers blown out. You don't really have to, but people recommend you get your sprinklers blown out and stuff. As a roofer, just remind people Say, hey, I, you know, just wanted to remind you, like, things are getting cold. I know you might be busy. The pandemic has got people, you know, losing their minds. I've lost mine. So I just wanted to remind you that, like, you know, in case you forgot, it's going to be 32 degrees next week. Maybe get your sprinklers blown out. And that's something that's, it's outside of your scope of work, but it adds value to their life and makes you feel, makes them feel like you care about them. And like, you know, that their home is valuable to them, which is part of what you're trying to protect. So there's a connection there, but you care, you know? And so creating a content plan that's, that's based on the year, and then you can recycle it because those yearly things are going to come through. And so you, you get, once you have that year established, then you can, you can move through and you can have a folder, a Google drive file that says, you know, January emails, and you yeah. might change a little bit as you come through, but it's already created. And, and yeah. so like that first year might take some time to get off, off the, off the ground, but you're, uh, 
you're creating relationships by being in their inbox and just adding value to their life. It's not about asking for the sale. The sale will come if you add enough value. Yeah. And then you have, um, I'm going to do two confessions here. (laughs) Um, So like I, I bought, I subscribe to that theory of, um, and you know, I, changed up you know doing traditional newsletters to do little videos because i figure that's the the you know people got a time they like watching videos they only got a couple of minutes they'll do this right and so when i first built my funnel to do and it's really was sharing information about you know what uh, questions entrepreneurs ask investors ask best practices things like that right and uh um and so i was like oh yeah so i'll put you know, 60 of these and they're, they're, you know, every three or four days, it's my compassionate capitalist coffee break thing. And I'm like, perfect, you know, and then I'll, that gives me lots of time to go and I'll make some more. And then I got busy and I look like, oh my goodness, it's done. You know, now of course people opt in at different times like that, but then I had people like sitting there and they hadn't gotten an email from me for two months. I was like, oh, I can't believe, oh, so you have to go through this whole thing. And it's like, and then you look and you say, well, because people are busy, which one's got the most clicks on, right? So it's relevant. That's a good topic. And which ones didn't? So maybe I can just repurpose that and put a yeah. different different email header and the subject line on it and reuse that same content because the content's still good. It's timeless and stuff like that. And I've been, you know, I'm constantly going like, oh, wow, I really need to add more to this. And you don't think, you know, that sometimes you get into internet marketing stuff and you think time stand still but it doesn't you know it continues to move on and so you know so thinking through that anticipating and of course that's the kind of stuff that you help people do is understanding that and then do you manage that kind of stuff for people too or you just just are are setting up the strategy yeah so i'll do either i'll come in and consult and a lot of people will be like i need to be on facebook but they don't necessarily understand where their ideal customer is or i need to be on instagram so one of the first things that we do is we just kind of do an audit where are you at what are you doing right what are you doing wrong how many leads are you getting a week how many leads convert to customers and we'll just kind of break down the math of what exactly is going on in your business so we can look and say okay if we put X amount into marketing. This is about the expected return that we're going to get. Um, And then we'll start to look at conversion, conversion rates and conversion rates are, are, can be as simple as changing a headline. Like you said, you have a bad headline and you change it. You know, if it's like, you know, five ways uh, for you to have a stronger roof or something. And and like, people are like, well, whatever. And then like, if you're like, uh, you know, five ways your roof can add a hundred thousand dollars of value to your house that is a lot different right and so that probably is going to increase the amount of conversions that you get which the click on the on the email is one conversion right and it's kind of that whole childhood game of like can you get the water from here to the bucket here (laughs) using all of these little pieces you know to divert it all these little slides and that's kind of our goal is to look at the efficiency of each of those systems and, and create an efficiency through capturing all the water as it goes. And sometimes you're going to have water drop. And that's like, you know, if you have someone that doesn't click your first email, one of the things that we'll do is we'll 
send the second email with a different headline. It's the same body of the email, but we'll just send a second email with a different headline. And it's based on automation that says, if they don't open, then we'll send them a second one. So we're trying to catch the water underneath as it's going the second yeah. time, you know? And it's all based on automation on whether they opened it or not. And yeah. so um, a lot of times what we're doing is, is we'll look at those things. And, and if a corporation is large enough where they have an internal team, we'll just teach them a couple of things. We'll teach them about headlines. We'll teach them about conversions. We'll teach them on, on ways to track key performance indicators. Or if they are maybe a little bit smaller and they have a budget and they want us to implement, we'll craft the emails. We'll do the copywriting and we can do anything from Facebook ads, Instagram ads, video shoots, photo shoots. And it's all, it's all to come in and surround the business with what they need and not do anything extraneous, not waste any energy. I'm all about efficiency with movement. I don't want to, you know, spend a bunch of energy to get no return. So sometimes we test and iterate, but we'll put enough energy to figure out whether it's right or wrong. And then we'll, we'll test and iterate and move in a different direction. But it's all about efficiency, teaching, and then implementation. But I also really want the business owner to at least conceptualize and understand enough to be a visionary as well. Because yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that we, we get afraid with the internet is it's like, why I say shape the internet to change the world. If you Google permission-based pixeling, foolproof sales tactics, avoid uh, burnout with a marketing plan, um, <laughs> heart-centered LinkedIn marketing, all four of those like terms, I will show up as the number one search term. And I've figured out how to do that. And so I say shape the internet to change the world because I feel like a lot of people don't understand that we all have the power to show up number one on Google and it's about doing it right, building a strong foundation and, and being able to actually shape the internet. And so a lot of people think that the internet is something that we don't have a, that all the Google people have the the ability to, to change power. and build. Yeah. But it's actually democratized and everyone has that power just like you do, just like I do, just like you've experienced with SEO and the rules change, but we still all have the ability to be there. And so one of my biggest things that I like to do is teach business owners, not just like, don't just put the power in my hands. Yes, we'll do that and we'll take care of it. But I'm also going to have you know and understand because if you think I'm wheeling you know, uh, an AK 47 and I'm really holding a pistol or something like, you know, you got to understand exactly what's going on, what the weapon in my hand is to actually fully utilize it. And as a business owner, you're a visionary, you're someone who has a direction, but if you think I have rocket fuel and I, you know, I have something different we're, we can't, we've got to be able, a lot of business owners have to understand exactly the tools that I'm playing with to understand the leverage that I have because it's not a magic bullet. Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it, it, we test and iterate and we fail, but the whole goal is long-term figure out what works, repeat success, you yeah. know? And so it's about, it's about teaching business owners, not only about, you know, implementing and, and showing them how we do it, but it's also getting them to understand the tools that are at their fingertips so that way they can really leverage it and move the direction that they want to go. You know, as to, to wrap it up as an athlete, if I didn't know how to use the gym, if I had really poor body mechanics in the gym, I would never get to my end goal 
because every rep would be working against me, not for me. Yeah. Same thing can go with social media. If you don't know how to put the reps in, in the gym, and if you don't have a personal trainer or someone there to help you, then you're not going to get where you need to go. So yeah. that's kind of the, the, the place that I serve. Well, yeah, because there's so much and potential. And, you know, if you, you get a buzzword like with Instagram, you're like, oh, so then you go out and you search and you go, well, how do I use Instagram for my business? And of course, then you get all the ones that are the click funnels that say, you know, get this for free and we'll teach you and all this stuff. 30 days to 10,000 followers or oh, whatever. Yeah, I get, it's so funny how I even fall for that stuff uh, all the time. But, you know, um, I go, and someday I'll go read it. Anyway, so that, so. <laughs> and now you're on the email list. And yeah, that's you exactly. might buy a product. <laughs> I say that Google and Al says, well, you haven't opened this person's email in a while. Do you want to opt out? <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, who is that person? Yeah, it's fine. Go ahead, opt me out. Um, so what are the things that I do think about that, that I want to help people to understand? Because I know I struggled with this for a long time because I think mentally, intrinsically, we're, we're like, well, I just want to be, particularly once you understand the power of an email list, you're like, I just want to get them into my email list. And so it's like, well, oh man, I got this huge following on, on Twitter and I got this other giant network on LinkedIn and I got this other group on Instagram. Come on guys, just all kind of come together and, and just go into one place so I don't have to do all this other stuff. And I, and it's the, the message I put on this one because the audience is different from this one. And it's like, ah, so explain a little bit about how it's okay to have lots of different people in different areas and the ones that the, you resonate because you do do these things will become the, the, when they come into, this is what I finally had to accept. So when they finally do, they may click on something and go buy something, but they're really never on my stuff and services. I'm not going to buy something off of a tweet on, on Twitter, but I might get one step closer to getting them into my, my email world where I can develop the relationship. I mean, sometimes they come directly to me and opt in to get an appointment and that kind of stuff. But a lot of times it is through that process. So explain to people about how, they can, they, in a brief way, because not everything's for everybody, but how they can use some of these tools to slice a different message because of the delivery mechanism or the type of audience that's using it, whether it's visually, visual or content or something that they can, they're all just doorways into your world of, of creating a trusted relationship. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, in that whole internet salesy, like salesman marketing, a lot of people have converted quickly. And so they're like you where they're like, they see uh, that 10,000, you know, 30, uh, 30 days to 10,000 followers and they click on it because it sounds really awesome, you know, <clears throat> but at the end of the day, it's like you get converted really quickly. And then there's kind of like this lack lackluster, you know, underwhelming delivery on things or, you know, that's kind of the famous online marketing, uh, emotional trajectory is like high hopes to low underwhelming results. And, um, so a lot of the times, you know, you might have the, um, Instagram 
uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of those things. And a lot of the times it just comes down to, I, I, I always like metaphors and parables. And, and so I, I, um, look at it like, uh, when you're making butter or like when you're trying to get cream off the top of milk, you're continually mixing it and the cream is kind of rising to the top and you're going to have a little bit of cream at the top. Like whenever, if you just let milk sit, it'll, a little bit of cream will rise to the top. But for the most part, you're not going to have much separation, but it's the continual kind of whipping that makes the cream come to the top. And this is similar to what happens with social media is you, that the, the social media is kind of the big vat of, of, uh, milk and you're continually mixing it and you're continually jostling it. And eventually some cream is kind of rising to the top. And that, that cream is, is that email list. Some people are, are opting into the email list because they see the value because they hear you talking about five ways that you can get in touch with investors or, you know, here's a really great podcast that I listened to about how a software uh, company got, funding in the shortest amount of time possible or you know whatever it is like um as long as you're continuing to add value and the software company you might have a certain section of people who are with that are software companies looking for funding so that might cause that cream to rise to the top and then you might have something in the service industry where you add value and that might cause that cream to rise to the top but you're constantly adding value and just churning it and eventually that cream kind of comes to the top, but it's never, it's never a fast overnight thing that just causes these conversions. And it's all, you know, again, about putting value out there. And then the last thing that I would say is because the cream, you have the cream of the crop in your email list, all of your emails then become the cream of the crop. This is your best, most like the best value. So then you might have the what and why on your social media posts, but then in your email, you're also going to have the how. So uh, the, the email is really going to actually drive the change forward. And then once people opt into your email list and they see your social media posts and they see that it has the what and the why, but the email only ha has the how, then they're going to be addicted to opening the emails oh. because that is actually causing the change driving the change and they know that that is the cream of the crop. So oftentimes, and you can tell people that your email list has the how in those social media posts as well. So you're telling, you're educating people about what, why they should be doing it, but you're telling them they have to opt in to get how. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of the things I do. It's like, I always like to remind myself there's gold and then there are hills. See, this is, is uh, gold chunks from, um, Someplace in California. Anyway, I uh, doesn't have it on here. It's the uh, they 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 didn't do a very good job on their ad stuff. Anyway, but I it's like uh, I'm like okay, that's good. That right there was a golden nugget. <laughs> that was a good golden nugget. I write that down. What and why in your social media and the how in your email. That's actually really brilliant, Scott. Thank you so much for that. That's uh, I like that. So okay. Um, I want to start to wrap up here and um, uh, talk about uh, this thing that you had had, um, and it might be even tied into this that, but when we had spoke before, you said people go to Google to get their answers. And what you want to do is have them find your business as that 
solution to the question that they have. And I think that's really, really important because the examples that you gave with the roofing thing and the chiropractor thing, these are the, the they're trying to get, hey, Google, right? Or on your phone, or, you know, whether you're speaking to a box in your house or on your phone or typing it in, you know, and we always joke when we say, like, we're like sitting around, you know, shooting the bull and we like, oh, you know, somebody said something like that. Well, I go, well, I know where I can find the answer to that. Right. And yep. so, right. Go ask Google, go ask Siri. Um, so talk about how businesses need to reflect differently than just what they sell or what they offer as a service, but, but translating that into a marketing message on the problem that they're solving so that they can start doing the what and the why and then get them into the how and, you know, and we'll use that as part of our wrap up. Totally. No, this is perfect. It's all about messaging. And one of the things that I was going to say earlier and I didn't, this is, it's perfect, is that cream can rise to the top quicker depending on the tools that you're using. If you're hand whipping it, like you're going to, it's going to take a long time versus if you have a machine doing it, it's going to be a lot, uh, it's going to take less effort. And um, one of the things that happens in, you know, in messaging is the, the more, see the person who's uh who articulates the problem the best is assumed to have the best solution so if you can speak to a customer as if you have read pages out of their diary if anyone is still writing diaries or journals but i journal sometimes but um it you know if you could pretend that you are ripping a page out of their diary or journal and you say like you know for a chiropractic like you know you're stress you're a single mother you're 45 years old you're overwhelmed you spend all of your time uh running around taking care of your kids and taking care of family holding the entire world world together and you just need someone to hold you and to lift you up and to make sure that your cracks are filled because you spend the entirety of your time filling the cracks of the world and someone needs to fill your cracks we're here to help you with, you know, with holding yourself together. And we would like to invite you in for, you know, a $15 adjustment and see if we can help you manage and mitigate stress, whatever, you know, whatever it is that is like going to speak to someone who's experiencing that in a way where they're like, Oh, really? Like they know me so well, like <laughs> I just need to come, you know, come in there or, you know, I'm for, I'm 55 years old. I used to play, um, football. I have worked a corporate job for the last 25 years of my life. And my back and my posture is all out of whack. You know, when I get up in the morning, my lower back is killing me and um, my sex drive is low and et cetera, et cetera. And I, you know, I'm just looking to, I've spent the last 25 years of my life working my butt off and now I have money and now I just want to enjoy it, but I don't have the tools or resources to know how to do it. You know, like, chiropractor can you help me if you can use that that type of or nutritionist or, or doctor whoever uh if you can use those types of stories and that that would be uh how i would relate to people is use stories storytelling is the number one way to relate to people because we 
are conscious beings and we have the ability to project consciousness into other things. That's one of our, the most amazing empathetic uses of, of human consciousness. And so when someone speaks to us and we can project our consciousness into that and say, holy crap, that feels like me, you're speaking to oh, yeah. aspects of my consciousness, then all of a sudden they realize like, oh, that story, that is me. You know, that story is me and they associate with it in a way where all of a sudden they know you, they like you and they trust you immediately. And so figuring out your messaging and figuring out the ways, and this can be, this is why um, a lot of brands will ask for feedback and they'll ask for, you know, reasons why, or like why people bought or like what drove you to the sale? Where did you come from? You know, like what, like what drove you to this? Um, Cause they're trying to capture that information, but also, you know, those pain points you, it's not necessarily about uh, from a chiropractor standpoint, like spine health, right? Like spine health <laughs> in, impacts the nervous system and impacts total health and all of that. But it's more like, do you want to feel healthy, happy, full of energy and have passion for the life again? Right? Not do you oh, want yes. to have a healthy spine? Where's, that, yeah. where's the pill for that? <laughs> exactly. Totally. And so it's all about the messaging is all about addressing the pain point that they might have, providing a solution and then educating them along the way because they might hear that they have a pain point they might hear that you have the solution but emotionally they may not be convinced to buy until they read several emails on your email list educating right. them about the health anything any sort of objections their mind might have so the messaging is all all about pain solution addressing objections and then creating a, a value offer that's irresistible there you go. All right. Well, everybody, Scott Crisbum in the mediahouse.co. Go get the five uh, media, the five, uh, what, what's the uh, digital five marketing digital marketing tools, tools guide. Yes. And uh, any last, last comment you'd like to make for, for folks? You just, just thank you so much and appreciate having having me on here i'm excited to talk we didn't even talk about the writing thing so i'm excited to talk to you just about writing and and hopefully get your voice out there more and help you build more relationships with more people and yeah thank you very much and if anyone has any questions or wants a free audit of what they're doing once you if you opt into my email you can reply to that i'll reply back or you can just send me a message scott with one t at themediahouse.co and um yeah I'll, I'll hop in and look at what you're doing and if there's any way to help i would love to help so yes yes scott you do that's uh we've had a great conversation before and i'm looking to forward to getting some of your insights and expertise on on all of my stuff because i really want to get this message of compassionate capitalism out there to change the world use the internet to change the world that's it so yes ma'am <laughs> and everybody please go to karenrands.co you can learn more about what i offer to folks you can opt into my email list and you can learn about the book inside secrets to angel investing all my social media is there and uh, with that, I would say onwards and upwards. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to the Compassionate Capitalist Podcast Radio, where we encourage individual investment in entrepreneurs to create generational wealth and best practices for small businesses to succeed. Help us spread the word about compassionate capitalism by sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues. The Compassionate Capitalist Podcast is available on most podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. In production for over 10 years, there are over 180 episodes available for your listening and educational pleasure. With over 130,000 downloads, this podcast is rapidly becoming the top podcast for investors and entrepreneurs to get the information they need to create generational wealth through entrepreneurism. This podcast is brought to you by the Business Power Tools which offers an online collaborative environment for leadership teams to prepare business plans, marketing strategies, financial modeling needed to attract capital and scale a business. Also, Lindio as a entrepreneur's resource portal providing access to dozens of lenders offering short-term and long-term debt to help business owners manage their financial cash flow and growth capital needs. BizX, creating affordable advertising resources, and other tools for entrepreneurs to succeed and create awareness and trust with their customer base. And Launch Funding Network, part of Cougaran Capital Holdings, is a network of hundreds of angel investors, investor clubs and networks, venture capital firms, private equity funds, family offices, investment bankers, and lenders. Please visit karenrands.co to learn more about the Launch Funding Network, and our sponsors, and to sign up to get our Compassionate Capitalist Coffee Break and learn more about how we can help you succeed.